and we're live. Hi friends, welcome to My Divorce Real Estate. I'm Amber Gifford and this is my husband and teammate, Scotty Gifford. Today we are here to talk about a divorce checklist. What is that? So we just want to give you a checklist for things that we think that are important when you are contemplating a divorce or going through a divorce or have finished, you know, part of your divorce. And you need a checklist to know what you're going to do. So first and foremost, I think we need to let them know that we are not advocates of divorce, even though we have been divorced ourselves. Mm. Um, we're not advocates of divorce. If you guys can find a way to work it out, we are pro marriage. And we highly encourage you to seek counseling for yourself as a couple, whatever it is that you need to make yourself better, do it. So we start off with that. But if you need to be connected to someone like a therapist, we have those resources for you as well because we're members of the National Association of Divorce Professionals. But when you're first contemplating divorce and you decided, hey, this isn't going to work for me. I've made through all the decisions and it's not going to work. What would be the next thing? Well, the first thing we recommend is reaching out and getting connected with an attorney. Now, um, obviously, there's a lot of questions that go into that. So we do have, you know, questions that we'll talk about later, the questions you can ask your attorney that you should, you know, to help you prepare for that meeting and meeting with the attorney. But we think having an attorney is very important to have someone advocating and, and knowing what your needs are and helping you make informed decisions. On the My Divorce Real Estate uh, free resource that we have, there's a huge list of questions when you're interviewing and we encourage you to talk to more than one attorney as well. Um, typically attorneys ask for a retainer fee that you'll need to come up with the monies to be able to be uh, retaining them um, so you can move forward. So secondly, another big one is going to be privacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, privacy. So if you are contemplating the divorce and you are want to be meeting forward with it, uh, you're going to want to have a private email mm -hmm. set up for you to have communications. Um, say maybe you're even downloading our, our, our resource. You want to have a private email for that as well because we don't, you know, if you're in those early stages and just fact finding and trying to figure out if this is something you're going to do uh, and don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers just because you're not really sure yet. Uh, you know, and also, too, there just might be some things that you don't feel comfortable talking with or having in your, uh, in your primary email. Uh, having that uh, private email is good. And then we also want to talk about having if you are moving forward, having a separate checking account, getting a separate credit card in your name. Um, because those charges will show up. Well, it's important to, if you have been um, a stay-at-home parent or just not working and all your credit has been combined with your working spouse. So for me, I was a stay-at-home mom and hadn't worked in 12 years and I didn't really have credit of my own. So it was important that I establish my own credit history. So I immediately went and got a private email a private checking account in my name only, as well as um, changing all your passwords. Card. Yeah, I changed all my passwords too. But a private, uh, a credit card in my name too, so you can start establishing credit there. And it wasn't for the means of taking monies and putting them into your account. It's just so you have your own in your name. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, you need to be able to establish those credits for yourself going forward because you, if you do move forward with a divorce, you won't be the same entity seen as one anymore. Mingling funds. Yeah. So, and then the next big one is going to be to know your finances. Yeah, this is going to be a big one. And usually, you know, 
we're big advocates of talking about your biggest asset, which is your house, but there's going to be a lot of finances that you need to be making sure you're aware of. And we can run through those lists of what those are. Well, know your assets, your liabilities. If you have 401k, any stocks that you hold, um, what debt do you carry? Um, are you on the note or are you on the deed of the house? Or do, how many houses do you own together? Has any other properties been purchased? What are those logins to the um, mortgage company online? I mean, you need to know these things. So when you go to mediation, it has to come to fruition anyway. We both bring them to the table. But if you are in the know already, it's already less um, emails and communication back and forth with your attorneys like you come to the table with this already. So try to know as much as you can about your finances. I'm guilty. I did not pay any bills. I did not do any of the finances. And I will say that was one of my biggest mistakes. I will never do that again. Yeah, not being informed about where your money is going and where it's at is going to be one of those things that's scary. And it's going to be one of those other things you want to uncover along the way of making sure when you're moving forward with this that uh, you know all those things. Because like Amber said, if there's things that aren't known, it's just going to cost you more money to try to figure out what those are in the future. So get started right. with that checklist of figuring out what you owe, who you owe it to, where it's at and what liabilities or assets you do have. And you can get a lot of this information on your credit reports. Yeah, and if you want to go ahead and get your free annual credit report, there's a website. Uh, we'll put it up here. Uh, it's um, annualcreditreport.com, annual yeah. which pulls from the three major ones. Please don't use Credit Karma or go, oh, I Googled this yeah. and found this. And so it needs to be from the three major um, credit bureaus, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. But like Scotty said, the link up above will tell you we can get your free one. Yeah, and we'll put it down in the show notes as well. So those are the big things about your finances. Let's talk about the next thing. If you have proceeded with your divorce and just moving forward and it's been finalized and you say, hey, I'm going to be changing my name now because you don't want to keep your old name. Or Which is a personal decision. Like not everybody has to change their name. It's up to you. Maybe you didn't like your maiden name or... For me, I didn't change mine because I wanted to have the same name as my children. Yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be obviously a personal choice on whether you want to do that or not. And you know, so is, are you going to change it on your social media platforms, right? You know, when you're changing your passwords, are you going to change it with the state as far as your driver's license, your social security card, your passport? Those are, those are a lot of things that you have to think about, even as far as down as the uh, gym memberships. And well, just so you know, too, the passport, driver's licensing, those are the obvious ones. Um, but in order to get the new Social Security card, you have to have the driver's license first. Because they ask you for forms like, oh, make sure you send a copy of this. Well, if your name hasn't already changed, then you can't send it. So it is a process. Just take your time doing it because you have to just like dot your I's and cross your T's. Get the license first and then go through. So aside from the obvious, yeah, you're right. Gym memberships, library cards. You know, if you don't want to be called by your old last name, I mean, maybe, you're, yeah, maybe you're getting your smoothie and you have your smoothie card. You want to change that, but your smoothie card, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. who knows, right? Yes, maybe. So, um, the other things are going to be kind of an after divorce. We're only skimming through. There's so many things we could tell you and definitely the free divorce resource that we offer has a lot more information on there. We don't want to take up too much of your time. Just going to skim over here after divorce. Uh, can't encourage you enough to have a hard certified copy of your divorce decree. Mm -hmm. Know it front and back. 
one of you. I mean, like, it's really good to have that on hand. I know I referred to mine. I kept it in my office anytime I was in question. It can be a little crazy with you talk about kid um, visitation and then who has what. It just, just make sure you have it and it's with you. Yeah, and so you mentioned having that with you. And why do you think that is so important? Because obviously you're gonna refer back to it a lot, right? Right. And, and, why, and why do we have a divorce decree in the first place? Well, a divorce decree is put into place in case there's any disputes that come up. It's not your end-all, be-all. Exactly. So it's, it's what you revert back to when you are arguing over something. We go back to the form that's filed with, you know, with the county and say, hey, this is what we both agreed to at the time. So and I, as you progress down your you know, divorce time frame and your co-parenting, things can change. As long as you're both in agreement, there's no problems. But the divorce decree goes back and says, hey, when we don't agree, we resort back to this. Yeah. I will say to you, growing up, my mom and dad were married four times each to different people, and nobody ever filed anything within the counties. They just kind of, okay, yeah, this sounds good, that sounds good, and they agreed upon things, so they never had to go in and do a modification. That isn't always true for a lot of people. A lot of times you need to have things modified, and you can do that with your attorney as well. Yeah. Um, so, so we covered after a, divorce. Yeah. What else do we on this list. Um, I think another big one after divorce is if you um, have all your child support information. The first thing I did when I got home after my divorce was finalized, I put everything in my phone. Who do I call? What numbers do I need? Account numbers. Because it does have an ID number for you that was for your child support. You know, I had three kids. It was important for me to know what I was doing and when. And, um, and I also closed any joint accounts. And you know, I had the new one that I already made for myself, but on credit cards, remove authorized users. We mm. totally forget about that. Oh, my ex is an authorized user. I need to change that or close it and get a new one. Yeah, you don't want to leave yourself vulnerable post-divorce to someone's mishandling of your monies or, you know, just, you know, it's just always safe to just remove any possibilities of someone else making any changes to your accounts. Just make sure when you close those accounts, you double check any autographs that are supposed to be coming out because we don't want you to get a hit on your credit because you were a late pay on something. Yeah. Go ahead, next. Okay, so here's a few list of other to-dos that we should run through when you're uh, going through divorce and contemplating that. So these are kind of things that are just to-dos. You could do it during kind of research, but a lot of these you can't actually finalize until after you have the decree. Um, something that was important for me was medical insurance. I was always on my ex-husband's insurance, so I had to seek out and find myself new insurance. And whether it be that I'm getting another job or self-employed, um, it was something that I had to go and look for on my own. Yeah, so medical is usually a big one. In most cases, what, you know, it's obviously every case is different. And like I said, we're not attorneys. But in a lot of cases in Texas that, you know, whoever is the non-custodial parent, uh, the non-primary parent is usually going to be paying child support to the primary parent, right, to help care for those children's needs. And usually they can deduct uh, in part when they do the calculation, which on uh, our website, thegiftedgroup.net, we do have a child support calculator on there. And you can actually put in, you know, how much you make and if you're self-employed or not and how many children you have and whether you're paying for those medical expenses or d dental, you know, expenses. So those medical and dental expenses do you know, affect the amount of child support that one will be receiving and that uh, the child support um, will obviously be affected by that. Um, so if you haven't done so already by this point, your logins, your passwords, we're talking anything from social media to credit card accounts, anything and everything, you would be surprised as you're going through things. Oh, that's been sent to my 
old email because I never changed my name. I never changed my login. You're Amazon. What if you are a shared family member for Amazon Prime? I mean, that's another one, your name. It's a pain, but it has to be done. Yeah, and so then when you, you know, and what we talk about mostly is, you know, talk about your biggest asset, which is your home, right? So if one of you is moving out, making sure that you do change your address and forward all your mail so that it all, all the address is going to the right location, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or if you're keeping the house, you might want to change the locks and get a new key and do all those things, which is important as well. Um, another big one would be change your beneficiaries. A lot of people don't remember this one. Hey, I have beneficiaries at my bank or your insurance or whatever, unless you've been ordered otherwise not to do so. Um, you should probably change your beneficiaries unless you want your ex to receive something in case something happened to you. Totally up to you. Yeah, so talking about that too reminds me of the taxes. So in in the eyes of the state, you are either married or, or you're divorced, right? There's no in between. So if you do file uh, for divorce that year, you will not be able to file for, I mean, we can decide, uh, but you will be you know, primarily have to be filing single not and not married in that situation. So uh, when you file for divorce and when your tax times comes around, it's something to take into play. We do have a whole video on tax implications and capital gains taxes as well. So we, we can link to those above and below. Um, but that's just a big part of the finances there is those taxes. Yeah, and I, for now, that pretty much covers most of the things. The other really big one is to, at the end of this, when it's over, meet with your CPA or your CDFA. Divorce changes your financial picture, and you need to be prepared for whatever is to come next. Yeah, so if you want to get a complete list of other things on our checklist, you can download those at mydivorcerealestate.com and uh, just put in information there and get your free resource. Thanks so much for watching today. And as always, Scotty and I are here to bring you real life experiences to all your real estate needs. Bye.